Hello, beloved listeners. Welcome to the listeners and guests. This is the Write About Now Inc. podcast, in which we reflect on some of the themes that are part of this year's festival. The Write About Now Festival is an annual event in which a local as well as an international program of urban performing arts are presented in Amsterdam. This year's festival takes place from the 15th to the 17th of December in Barbario and the Brakkegrond. This podcast is brought to you by Right About Now, Oscam and the Prince Klaus Fund. We have some interesting guests over here, here to discuss the team The Power of the In-Between, which is connected to the festival team Celebrating Resistance. I would like to introduce you, our three beautiful guests. First, Sunday Obiajulu Azekbe. He's a dancer, activist, and a creative from Nigeria. He's trained He's a trained dancer from the Q Dance Center in Lagos and is the founder and artistic director of Innovate Dance House. He was selected for training in artistic activism at the Center for Artistic Activism in New York. And through his work, he focuses on bringing community development and the style of dance activism together. Our next guest is Marjorie Boston. She studied at the Amsterdam Mime Academy and founded in 1994, together with Martin van Hinte, theater group Made in the Shade. In 2007, she became artistic director of the MC Theater. In 2013, Boston founded Right About Now Inc., a center for urban performing arts in Amsterdam, where Boston is the executive director. Next to that, she is academic tutor at DAS and artistic program manager at Afrovibes and the Schuur. And our final guest, Ritsa Stazia, is a physical theater maker, urban dancer, mimer, and a spoken word artist. She graduated as a dancer from the Albeda Dance College in Rotterdam. She later graduated as a mimer at the Academy of Theater and Dance. She's an all-round artist who develops her signature out of urban sources, such as her Afro-Caribbean culture, the hip-hop culture, and her Antillian background. She's one of the artists in residence at the Right About Now, Inc. Well, welcome everyone, Sunday, Marjorie, and Ritza. What a pleasure, thank you. (laughs) What a pleasure to introduce you. And I'm also very um, excited for this conversation. Uh, the The topic is being in between, the power of the in between. Um, but before we start, I just wanted to know um, what aspired you to become an artist? Just for the listeners to get a little bit more, to know more about you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I mean, before I answer, I just want to acknowledge the presence of my partner in crime here, Hemis, um, who is also a dancer from, from Nigeria. Mm. Um, yeah, what, what inspired me to be an artist? Um, I think my environment mostly... I grew up listening to my dad and my mom played a lot of Fela Kuti's music. Mm-hmm. Um, so as young as nine, ten, I already stumbled into Fela's music and was fascinated by how he was, he was using music that we all use for mostly entertainment mm-hmm. to address, to call out bad leadership, to call out the government, which was, I mean, a very scary thing to do at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sort of just inspired me. And of course, I've been dancing like all my life. But when I started to get older... Um, that consciousness to use dance also as a form of activism, mm. as a form of addressing socio-political issues also just started to blend in. Mm. Yeah. And what was the topic or the theme 
of your first activism performance? Um, it started from my immediate community because we're facing a lot of violence and killings as a result of court activities. Mm-hmm. Um, so the theme was mostly about security and how to bring peace back into the community. Okay. Yeah. Because there wasn't a lot of peace in the community. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll go t- much more deeper in that. Thank you very much. Thank you. And Ritza, how did you start your um, artisthood and uh, what aspired you to do so? Um, well, I actually started when I was three years old. Oh, wow. Um, I started with ballet, with dancing, because at that age I already knew what I wanted to do. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that was the first thing I, w- I started with, with dance, with ballet. Then it became street dance. And um, my dad took me to a musical mm. in The Hague called... Um, Miss Saigon and at that point I was like whoa I love this I love the stage and I love well I can't sing but I love the singing and the acting and yeah that that dream um, through the years grew even more and stronger Um, and like I said I always knew like in my core that I needed to be on stage I needed to perform Um, so through the years I developed um, my skill, actually. So dance, movement, acting, um, stage presence, yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like you've done it all, from ballet to street dance, and also Saturday, I also saw you grumping. Yeah. Mime, like, that is a lot of, all the styles of movements and dance comes, like, within you and yeah. out of you, and that is very interesting to see and to acknowledge also. Yeah, because um, in 2007, I started at Alpera Dance College Mm -hmm. in Rotterdam. Mm -hmm. And um, during those four years, you get educated or you get trained to be an um, all-round performing Mm -hmm. dancer. So you get trained in ballet, jazz, modern, Afro, hip-hop, even got Bollywood, uh, like oh really? Yeah, everything. Um, so that's pretty cool. But um, yeah, when I saw the movie, I think it was, I think it was like nine, or maybe ten. I saw the movie Fame, oh. and that was for Irene me. Kara. Oh my god! That 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 <laughs> was it. Like okay, I want to go to a school like Fame. That was the biggest dream I had. Mm. So, oh, but that was my was my uh, performing arts feeling school-ish thingy. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, now I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I also had the same thing with fame and um, seeing fame and all Irene Kara singing. Fame. And I literally, I was like, I want to go to such a school. I want to, yeah. this is this is the type of, the type of life I, I want to do. Exactly. So, as a grown-up, going back, to that time and also seeing that oh it really came true and I really did that yeah um that is also very inspiring to see and to also be proud of us on your young self as a young child uh, child self um well the team is the power of the in-between and you are all physical um artists mimers and choreographers and performers you also move through different cultures within your work and uses your body as a vehicle through the different continents and worlds. So 
I'm just very curious, um, what kind of strength do you get from being in between worlds and spaces? And maybe we can yes, start to... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, um, I grew up uh, as a child, uh, coming from Suriname, uh, mm. uh, and uh, having an uh, indigenous grandmother, a, cre a Creole grandfather... But in the family, uh, it, there is this mix of uh, Indian people, uh, ja uh, people from Java in Japanese, and even uh, Jewish. I'm I'm used to kind of like living in between mm. uh, different worlds mm. and and cultures, especially that. Uh, but also uh, living and gr growing up in the Netherlands, you are becoming aware of the fact that you need to live in between. You are kind of like mm, forced mm. to uh, live in between different worlds. So mm. as really we, as a child, very, very young, I, I, I uh, started to create this, this, this way of working with that and mm. living with that mm. in a sense. And, uh, you know, for instance, you, you were just asking... Uh, what inspired you? And it's funny because for me, what inspired me to get into uh, uh, the arts, uh, performing arts, was, was as a child and really, really young child, were two things. Uh, watching musicals on television and Bob Marley. Mm. And uh, because I had, this, I had this nephew who every day, every night, but really every night, 24-7, put on records of, uh, of, of Bob Marley on. And, and so I grew up with, uh, uh, you know, Bob Marley during daytime and going, going to sleep with Bob Marley and getting up again with Bob Marley. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you grow to listen to the stories he tells. Mm -hmm. So that, that was one. And then... Later on, as a teenager, what made me take the stage was injustice, mm. you could say, because mm, it, uh, it happened at, the, at, uh, at my college um, school. I was uh, 16, I think, and there was this thing happening um, at the school with this teacher, and it went to, through the whole, whole college. Mm. And uh, I felt like um, something was happening there that wasn't right. Mm. And, um, and I gathered the whole college into this uh, space, this big space, theater space, you could call it, at, in the school, and just performed what happened because I was the only one who knew what happened. So mm. just to... And, and that was the moment I, I saw that um, getting on stage, telling a story, you can empower, you can, uh, uh, you know, t take, make injustice to justice yeah, and uh, yeah. things like that. Yeah, and also I think it's, it's a form of finding a language for... That what you were going through because what you saw mm -hmm. gave you a sense of like an 
anger or a, sen- a, yeah. a certain emotion. And that emotion also was translated into the performance that you had to make to show the people what happened. Yeah. And yeah. I, in your story, what I get from it is that the influence also from music, because music also have Bob Marley sings a lot about yeah. injustice also in Jamaica and true music you can also come in between worlds and yeah. and that made me remind you what you said about Fela Kuti um, and that was he was in Nigeria so can you tell us more um, in what way as, as a person who is born and raised in Nigeria and you are now traveling a lot, you're now in the Netherlands and you've moved to other countries. In what way do you find yourself, what kind of strength do you get from uh, finding yourself in between those wells and, and spaces and also through music and your physical body? Yeah, I mean, what Marjorie just said now about bringing the, the people or all the students to that space to perform a story that she saw alone it's also similar to what we did in Lagos, or we are doing in Lagos, actually, because some of the things we explore are extremely dangerous. Um, I mean, f- um, for example, in the community, we used to have a lot of violence, um, and to speak about those violence directly, say, I want to come verbally and start saying with my mouth, calling out people and saying, yo, this person, you just killed this person here, it's basically putting my life in danger. Um, so what we did was also create a performance. Okay, we heard that some this tragedy happened in this spot. We go there and do the performance there. So we use our body. Um, the people know what we are talking about, but we don't go directly. So the dance or our bodies, so to speak, sort of protects us from, mm. from this um, imminent danger. So we are talking about it, but we are also not talking about it. So when they come to meet us, they're okay, you guys are, you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you want to be revolutionaries here. You wanna, we just tell them, you, it's, it's just a dance performance. But they know that we're talking, we are talking about something really, really gen- dangerous. Um, so moving across um, from Lagos to Paris here in Amsterdam, and also seeing how other people are trying to activate their spaces and connecting the dots, there's a lot of similarities. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also what I hear from Marjorie's story was that um, as a person who is from different cultures, as a Surinamese, also um, Javanese, I don't know if you say it like that. Um, uh, Javanese, we call it Japanese. Yeah, Yeah. Um, and also in living in the Netherlands, you are forced to be reminded that you are uh, from the... um, minority and and you have to do you have either own or do something with your culture and be uh, conscious about that and with you because of the political things going on in your community you had to become very conscious of uh, the state of 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 living and situation in your country and that way you make a performance and um in what way do you um try to make an improvement or change the the community and you get responses from the people who sees it yeah for sure um, um at my presentation yesterday i was showing them different interventions we did and some had like instant um, um would i say solution results mm. um like the longest road in the community where we went to perform um, we were swimming in the mud really dirty water i mean it was 
there's it was a lot of health risk as well um so after that perform that particular performance it, it was quite embarrassing for the Lagos state government who saw the video it went viral on twitter and two weeks after that they came to renovate that road has never i mean 28 years of my life they never touched that road renovated or reconstructed but after that performance um they came with their tractors and what not and renovated that road so the people i mean initially the people were also scared for our safety families and friends um, but when they started to see that okay these performances are actually bringing real tangible results of course mm-hmm. they started they started to support and i mean the major thing for us was to just do the performance to spark up conversations, conversations we didn't yeah. even know it was going to like translate into actual change and progress and like real valid results um yeah. but yeah of course when they started to see that okay this performance these young guys are doing is actually bringing results of course they started yeah. to support and yeah. understood what we're trying to do more And I also think that brings storytelling and performance to a whole other level mm-hmm. because mostly we all think um or even when I make a performance it's like oh I I hope that it can spark a conversation and even sparking a conversation is like I'm lucky enough yes. but to even know that there is an another level of really um uh sparking also the government to do something and to 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 take action that is that is very beautiful to to see and also encouraging for other artists who are listening and also for me to know that oh it is important to have a, a fire in me and to also try to tell stories that will maybe also change and activate other yeah. others yeah. that's very nice and what about you Ritza how how do you get strength out of uh um because you are from the caribbean mm-hmm. um and you also have an antillean background yeah. you live in the netherlands are you born here in the netherlands i'm born here in the netherlands you're born yeah. here in the netherlands so how do you find yourself uh moving through all these spaces and what kind of strength do you get from it um <coughs> yeah i uh <laughs> i Okay, let me say this. I was born here in the Netherlands. I grew up here. My parents and my family are from Curaçao. Mm-hmm. And every time when I went to the island, went back to Curaçao, I felt something changing in me or I felt a feeling of getting home, mm. being um in a place where I need to be or needed to be. And like At first I was like, oh, I just love to be here and I love to be around family, yada yada yada. And then um when I was on the uh when I was studying at the Mime, I felt like okay, I want to do a research. Because during school I noticed that the Mime technique, the meme corporel, um was very similar to hip hop to popping and i found a bridge there <coughs> like hey this feels familiar to me um what about the afro caribbean movements like black people walk talk move differently than people from europe and then uh the people from the caribbean also move and walk talk differently so i wanted to see how i could find a um, connection between the afro-caribbean physicality and the meme corporal <laughs> and um 
I went to the Caribbean. I went to Curacao for a month to do research and to see, okay, how is there a, a, a connection? Where is the bridge? And during that time, I also felt like, hey, this is a different world. This mm. is a different part of me. It's it's a part of me yeah. that I want to explore more. Yeah. And um, that actually sparked um, me searching for my roots, searching for where I'm coming from. Because, okay, I'm born here, but I'm not from here. Mm. Like everything that makes me me is from the Caribbean. Mm. And um, researching the history, re- researching the culture, the music um, strengthens me, mm. strengthens uh, the um, knowledge of self. Mm. And I'm still in that process. I'm, I'm, I don't know anything, or I don't know everything yet. So I'm still in the process of, of um, getting to know everything. Um, and if you have, you you would have to mention one, one specific thing in the, uh, in your Caribbean culture that you find out in your research that you think okay that is something that fuels me that gives me fire that strengthens me, is there like a specific thing? Um. Maybe or not maybe, the thing that f- and it's, it's, the thing that fuels me to um, give me the strength, like okay, I need to do something. That's when I realize we're not talking. We're not talking in the the Afro Caribbean culture or the, in the Afro Caribbean families. Mm-hmm. Um, we are we have a culture of we don't talk about it, don't say anything, um, keep your mouth shut. Um, and that sparked uh, my show or my performance, Kibra Silencio. Mm. Like, break the silence. Mm. Uh, start talking. Start talking about your traumas. Start talking about your feelings, about your thoughts, about your uh, opinions. Mm. Um, because I feel that that is a, a topic that is very um, uh, touchy. Yeah, the touchy feeling. Yeah. Um, and that made me, uh, that gave me a drive to okay, I want to do something. I want to, I want to uh, uh, um, be a part of a shift that is happening now globally, yeah. but also for my culture. And I've noticed that when I was performing this play, that I get uh, text messages or people come to me after the show, like, "Hey, um, it felt like you were telling my story," or it felt like. Uh, you helped me cope with the the things I was facing. Yeah. Um, and for me, that was a a moment of realization that um, this is something that I need to do. This is yeah. this is my mission to change um, this negative thing in my culture to ch- help change it mm. and to let people uh, make people aware to use their voice and speak up and yeah. break the silence. Yeah. Well, my next question is actually about challenges. But what I hear from you both about when I ask about the strength, the strengths from all three of you comes from the challenges that you face in your own cultures or in your own society. So that is also something that I'm very curious about, that or how come that as an artist um, you use challenges or difficulties in life and make 
art from it? And why isn't it that the beautiful things in life, we rather don't make art from it? Um, I mean, I think beauty at the end of the day is, is relative. Um, and one tends to also be relaxed in comfortable or beautiful situations. <laughs> Um, somebody like Fela probably wouldn't be as relevant if Nigeria was not going to through those really hard times. I mean, he probably had a lot to sing about love. He married 23 wives. He could have <laughs> done an <laughs> album on his 23 on each of them. Um, but I mean, the the hardship, because it's something that everybody connects to primarily as Nigerians at the time and mm. even right now. And even in, in my own community, I have also beautiful personal things I could talk about but because we all faced that common challenge of, oh, you you cannot walk at 8 p.m. on Uru Road, for example. Somebody probably is going to snatch your bag. So if I talk about this, everybody can connect at the level that, yo, we all face this challenge and because it is something negative that we are all trying to look for a solution to, um, I think, yeah, people can also um, connect. And I really like when Ritsa was saying, um, um, how, how did he word it? Um, the way people... The that they don't talk about you stuff. You know, at the, at the class yesterday with the people, with the students, they were saying, I mean, in Dutch culture, like dance is not like a big thing. And I challenged them that, yo, what we just made yesterday, go to a public space and do this thing and see how the people react to this. Because it is constant. We push those conversations. We try to spark up those conversations. Because why not? Why not? Why why, <laughs> why do we say, okay, black people dance a certain way, white people dance a certain way, okay, certain white people don't, they're not so comfortable with dancing or with making crazy faces when they dance or with totally, ex I mean, too much structures. I feel like, I mean, I'm just getting into this European space, but I feel like they're, too many rules, and I wonder how, <laughs> if if the stories were reversed or the situations were reversed, how they're going to survive if they probably come to Lagos, for example, where a bus is not going to come at exactly 7 p.m. Mm. I mean, I see here in the subway, people chill, they know, okay, for 7 a.m., okay, the train comes, and everybody just casually strolls into the tram or into the metro, and I'm like, yo, in Lagos, everything is, is happening on the spot, because everybody's rushing to go get the bus out. The bus doesn't tell you it's going to come at 7 on a Monday morning. Everybody just goes for it. So there's, a, there's really a lot of chaos that just sort of dictates how we create in Lagos or in Africa or in, Lag or in Nigeria, for example. And I think it's in the midst of that chaos that, that we really learn to be free or to be really creative, mm. personally. Yeah. And, and do you also think that you said that beauty is relative. And also with Fela Coutinho's, maybe with Bob Marley, if there were no hardships or whatsoever, they would like talk about their life and their wives and whatsoever, and that would be it. And with, that, with you saying that, I also think about the art here in Europe. And sometimes also, in, in I went to uh, art school, a theater school um, in Maastricht, a bachelor in acting. And with that, sometimes... The art was just out of beauty, out of somebody thinking, I want to make art about this. And there is the, sometimes you don't really feel the full or like the urgency of what you are looking at. And do you think because looking at the two different cultures that it, it because 
is because of the other culture is much more comfortable and also in its privilege that we ha you have the choice of choosing to make art out of beautiful things or just because you just want to make it and not because there is a problem in your culture, there's a problem you're facing and that's why you want to make it. Yeah, which is why I said it is relative because if we really look at it, is it the privilege we're talking about here, is it really like that comfortable? Are we saying like, you? let me not even say the word, are we saying Europe or the Netherlands is like totally perfect? Mm. They're not facing any challenges, there are no problems. I mean, it will not be, it means we're not honest. We're not honest to ourselves. So, I mean, I think a lot of people, society has just sort of put us in that in that box and mm -hmm. say, okay, everything is going good, or we cannot talk about things outside these spaces. And, yeah, I mean, I mean I've mean, i been here for like two months now, and I, I can point out a million, <laughs> a million problems. That such, I think, as? <laughs> such, <laughs> <laughs> such as the fact that I'm not able to get somebody to even give me... Um, Two euros when I'm stranded at the at the tram station to get to get card mm. to get tram card to go to the bus. Is it much common in Nigeria? In Nigeria, even if the person doesn't have, I mean, we are really generous as a people. Even if the person doesn't have, they try to look for a way to help. I mean, I don't feel I've not really felt that real sense of community here. I, I mm -hmm. guess that's also one of the things I'm trying yeah. to say. And I mean, I w I was at their space. Um, uh, Arian team last the last time and I was seeing all the works and hearing all they've been doing and it was probably was the first time since I got to Amsterdam that I was feeling okay I think I'm in the midst of tribe members but I've been here for like two months and everybody's just like okay minding their business yeah very individual and I'm yeah. like this is such a horrible way to live really. yeah 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 I totally <laughs> understand yeah, yeah. I totally understand. we are very yeah, it is also it's very uh, individual <laughs> culture, yeah. and everybody is like the the self, the self, the self. And I think I'm from Ghana, mm. and in Ghana it's also much more the us and 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 the family coming all together. I went to Ghana a few weeks ago and a month ago, and literally in our house it was never me and my mother and our, our own family like. People just came over, children came over because they knew there was always food to eat. Mm. So <laughs> you have, like, my mother cooked for, like, 10 people, 11 people, because she knew that, like, all of all of the neighbors are coming over. Mm. So it's, it's a very interesting aspect to see. And I was yeah. also wondering, maybe for Ritza, um, do you think um, you need a language for moving through spaces, or is there a thing that you can do only with your body and movements? You don't need net. You don't need language at all. Mm. Um, physical movement is a language that everybody can understand. Yeah, and that's the. I think that's the power of the body. Mm. That's the power of movement. Yeah. Um, that's the power of mime. That's the power of dance. Um, yeah, I th I think that um, sometimes the body explains better and more what you wanted to say uh, instead of words. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I think words sometimes uh, limit you from explaining what you are trying to communicate. Mm. And the body is, an, yeah, is a language everybody understands. Yeah. And how come do you think, because for me, I am, I am, I, I studied, uh, um, as an actress, you know, yeah. 
So for me, like text is like very holy, and and everything is true text, and everything is true language. Yeah. So. And I also feel like in society, also in the theater landscape in the Netherlands, like text is something that is literally in the forefront of when we talk about art and about theater. Mm-hmm. And how come do you think that that is? If, if you think that, that, of course, like language and also the nonverbal uh, language is also like 80%, maybe 70% much more than the, 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 the verbal language. Mm-hmm. So how can we give much more... Uh, focus to the verbal language than the nonverbal language? I think that from the top of my head, I think that's because language, it's easier to understand and to grasp. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very, it could be very confronting to listen to the body and to move mm-hmm. um, because that is what you, this is your whole being, this is what you have, this is you. Like, and words, you can, you can say something, so you can, you, can, you can give words, but you can mean something else. Or you can give words, but your body is saying something totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I can say, I'm okay, I'm fine, I'm doing okay, but your whole body language is, is actually screaming, like, help me, mm-hmm. or I'm no, I'm not okay. And um, I think that the difference between... Um, uh, body language and and using words, so let's say normal language, um, is safety. Mm-hmm. It's safe to use words, but it's very uh, fun, fun, vulnerable. Vulnerable. <laughs> I hate that word. Um, to use the body. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I totally. The body. I to- the, body do, the body does not lie. Exactly. Um, and most act- actors usually say, like, their primary two, for example, is their body. I could, I could watch a one-hour-long film and mute the volume. If it's good acting, I'm going to understand the story at the end without hearing them say anything. Because yeah. they, I mean, it depends on how they use their body. And you cannot deliver certain stories. I mean, imagine you were doing a movie, for example, and everybody had to deliver their lines just staying on the spot, okay? Um, Juliana, you're supposed to go to the house now. Go Friday plantain. Go do the whatever, but if they are, I mean, whatever they are doing with their body sort of just makes the story clear, and it's still gonna be the same if we didn't have to hear their voice at all. So yeah, yeah. The body never lies. Yeah, yeah, and and also, um, how how do you think about that, uh, Marjorie? Um, because you are also a you begin with 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 mime. And also um, with urban arts and urban performances, and also dance. So how how do you um, think that body language and also moving through the body, the importance of it, and how do you also use that in your own work? Well, <clears throat> it started for me. It st- really started with. Um uh, the hip hop scene. I was before I uh, went into the mime school. I was totally in the hip hop scene, <laughs> and in in the Netherlands, and the early early days. Uh, and there, I learned that um, uh, the sense of belonging. We were just talking about how people are here in the Netherlands or in Europe. You know, uh, tend to to create these boundaries in between. 
but uh, you know uh, the sense of belonging was already there and as you all as we all know that the hip hop culture uh, cre was created because of the fact that uh, that uh, the, that generation the young generation at that time were speaking out and and uh, and, and and then seek for different kind of like body uh, languages uh, uh, and in that sense i immediately i immediately immediately uh, uh, share that for me body language is bigger than only the body mm. in, in a sense for me body language I, when i see a graffiti artist i see a, also a body language mm. In terms of the, the tagging and, 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 and on a wall, a mural, you know, it's also body language. The way a rapper raps, the way he moves or she moves, it's also body language. Mm -hmm. So uh, going into the mime, uh, it was a strange thing, the mime, mime academy. It was a strange thing that because I didn't see these walls between these two worlds yeah. in a sense because it really uh, uh, um, uh, Rita also said it the popping and locking mm -hmm. that is something that you see and uh, what what I learned in the mime school is to take it a little bit uh, a little bit further in the sense that um, language is also a body movement kind of like I see language or, or text as a mean a means to uh, express through body, and uh, I, I, for instance, learned that the power of composition. Uh, if you stand um, in a in a, on a stage in a particular way, you express something mm. just by standing. Yeah. So the the body in is much more powerful. I learned than. Uh, uh, than I thought. Mm. Uh, it was. It went beyond just only moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And also, what I get from that is, like a text, or like the verbal uh, verbalizing things, is makes things very concrete and makes things very, very uh, visible. And you know what it is. When I say, "Oh, the cup is empty," you know what it is. But using your body to explain what the cup is empty, that leaves a whole world open. Well, we, we, did, we did a real concrete thing with when we, uh, Martin and I, founded uh, uh, Made in the Shade, the mm -hmm. first, first group. We started to uh, uh, put the body uh, on the stage open to the, to the audience, mm -hmm. uh, like you do when you do a hip-hop concert. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So everything was open, yeah. and and we immediately thought it's things should be real. Realness must be. So whenever it's not real, it's it's you know it's 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 it, you can you don't share yeah. in that sense yeah, exactly. And it, that reminds me of what you said about you using what hap what happens in Nigeria in your society, and because of political. Uh, reasons you choose to only use your body instead of verbalizing what the issue is because with the body is much more open and people cannot 
take you accountable for what you said or did not uh, what 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 you what you said mm. and you get away with things much more by using your body and for your performance and that is something that i find very beautiful and also very empowering to see that uh, what body and movement can do in stories and in 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 um yeah in telling stories and and performances it was very nice talking to you guys. Um, I really enjoyed these topics, and we really went into the depth. Um, thank you very much, Sunday Rita and Marjorie Boston. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for your time. Uh, well, thank you very much for listening. This was Listeners and Guests, brought to you by Writer About Now Inc., Oscom and Pris Klaus Fund, hosted by Kimberly Ejako. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you for having me.